if you imagine sitting on like a brick wall or on a bench and just seeing people walking past and no one doesn't pay attention to you. To me, if someone said, what does it feel like to be lonely? I'd say, well, lonely, if that makes sense. I can't define it any more than that because to me, loneliness is its own feeling. Welcome to The Kind Place, a podcast series brought to you by the British Red Cross and On Our Radar. One in five people in the UK say they often or always feel lonely. The Red Cross Lonely and Left Behind report shows that almost 40% of adults haven't had a meaningful conversation in the last fortnight. As we enter the winter, with one in three saying loneliness is having an impact on their mental health, many people are feeling cut off and left behind. In this six-part series, people experiencing loneliness get together to discuss what it actually means to be lonely, what it feels like, and what they're doing to get through it. In this episode, Laura and Phil meet up to talk through their experiences of being transgender and how they are working to get their voices heard in a society that often doesn't want to listen. This is the first time they've spoken to each other. Hello. Hello, um, that's better. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> No worries. Right, we got that. What was your name, sorry? Um, Yeah, so I'm Laura. And what are your pronouns? Uh, She, her. Cool. I'm Phil and my pronouns are they, them. Oh, cool. It's nice to meet you, Phil. Cool, you too. So if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been um, living as your new gender? Two and a half years. So I came out two and a half years ago. don't have any plans to medically transition, but been sort of what you'd call socially transitioning since then. Yeah. Just like changing my appearance, um, things like that. So changing my pronouns. Um, yeah, so about two and a half years. What about you? When I was 17, and I, I literally came out of the closet of being part of the LGBT community. Did you know you were trans then? or? Um, I had an inkling of it, um, but I didn't really understand it. Yeah. And, and living in a small village where they don't really like that kind of thing anyway. There's just no education on it either. Precisely. Um, what I found was then I, I, I had a falling out with my mum. So then I had to go in that through, through temporary accommodation. As it, it was just a total nightmare. So you've been homeless yourself? I've actually been homeless three times. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it, each time it, it's got... Actually, a lot harder. This might be a really stupid question, but like, do you feel more lonely when you're homeless than when you have a home? Uh, you do. If you imagine yourself, um, I don't know in that if you've been homeless before. No, I haven't. No. No. So, if you imagine sitting on like a brick wall, yeah, or on a bench, and just seeing people walking past, but then like, yeah, if you actually look down onto the ground. That you, you then just see the feet walking past and no one doesn't pay attention to you. Right, that's how you feel. Literally, you then have thoughts of like, well, no one's stopping to talk to me. Yeah. Um, you, you then start going through those those mindsets, which then can have an adverse effect with um, depression and mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's quite a, quite a lot of homeless people where I live and I work in a restaurant. So like when we have leftover food and stuff, I'll try and like 
give it to them and things like that. But in terms of, I'm, I would be more than happy to have a conversation with a homeless person, but like, I literally wouldn't know what to say. Is there anything that you would have liked someone to do when you were homeless? So if it's for regular people who you walk past on a regular basis, mm. it's just a basic stop, hello, and that to them, speak to them, but also ask, ask their name as well. Because uh, what a lot of people don't do is that they don't ask for the names. So if they don't see them around that for so long, yeah, and that you can't you can't report them missing, and that because you, because you don't know the name, yeah, then like you when like you then start asking other homeless people, and that went where like they may be, yeah, because literally the homeless community does know each other really really well. If, even those those basic things can can solve a lot of the loneliness issues for them. Yeah. Then, like, they look like they they actually start looking forward to actually seeing you again when that because because you that time. Yeah. For it. Yeah. The simplest things can make make such a positive attitude and a positive change for a lot of them. I think they can for anyone. So then, especially if you're homeless, like that, that makes total sense. And I know that something that I find really difficult with loneliness is that I go for lots of walks and even if it's on a quiet day there's a good chance I walk past a family or a group of friends hanging out or like a couple and a child and things like that and that can make me feel really lonely because I'm just like well I'm on my own and they're with someone and I might like have a little cry to myself and so when you kind of said about being homeless and watching everyone walk past that kind of reminded me of that I was like wow if that's how I feel on a walk imagine what it'd be like to have that all day long every single day like i reckon that would just intensify the loneliness so much yeah obviously tell me if i'm prying but what, why is you feel lonely or, or why do you think you struggle with that so much uh, it's Mostly due to um, Asperger's. So back in 2015, I got diagnosed um, later on in life. I'm 35 now, <laughs> so getting on a little bit. Um, so I got diagnosed with Asperger's um, with epilepsy. So I've never really been massively good um, with um, speaking to people in general, but that's changed since last year. So I actually became a tour guide. Oh, cool. Okay. In, Man- in Manchester, yeah, I don't like crowds. Okay, and I don't really like people very often. <laughs> so was that quite a conscious decision? Where you were like, were you like, I'll throw myself at the deep end, face my fears, and then see if that helps? Pretty much, pretty much. Has it like helped you feel more confident or less lonely? Or it's made me feel a bit more confident, mm-hmm. but it's just the fear of actually going to go down and actually do the tour. Okay. As well, because I don't know the people, because it's always different. Um, and as being a male to female trans anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what people's views are until I actually get there. Yeah. Do you get misgendered and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, does, how do you deal with that? Or how does that affect you? Um, I deal with it in many different ways. I talk about it. Um, I explain what's what with them. I always use the sample of how about you do you know that you should have been born a male or a female? Right. And that is just, um, I just ask them, 
And they're like, well, we, we just do. It's like, well, there you go then. So don't ask me how, how I know, because I just do. <laughs> I remember probably when I was about maybe 12, I was at home and I asked um, I asked my dad if he'd play games with me and he said no because he was watching TV and he was too tired and my mum was doing the same and I like literally sat in the corner of the room crying and they just kind of allowed it, they just allowed me to carry on crying and I just thought how, how can you not have more empathy in this moment and kind of spend more time with me and stuff and so that made me feel quite lonely so ever since like I said ever since I was about 13 loneliness has just kind of been a part a part of my life and I find it really hard to describe that feeling because when people say oh what does it feel like to be lonely to me loneliness is the feeling so it's almost like oh what does it feel like to be happy and it's like well it feels like being happy and so to me if someone says what does it feel like to be lonely I'd say well, lonely, if that makes sense. Like it just, it, I can't define it any more than that because to me, loneliness is its own feeling. I started struggling with my mental health probably when I was about 13. Sort of found myself coming home, I don't know, maybe three, four days a week after school and just like coming straight to my bedroom and just like crying my eyes out because I was getting quite bullied at the time. So this is when I was identifying as female, but was like massive tomboy. So I would get bullied a lot for that. Um, and then, yeah, just throughout the years, just a number of different things from like self-harm, feeling suicidal. Never been diagnosed with OCD, but I, I'm pretty sure I've had some kind of mild form of that. Um, and then, yeah, when I was about 18, my sister convinced me to get therapy, which... I was initially like dead, dead against the idea because I just thought I can't cry in front of a stranger. That would be like the most embarrassing thing ever. But I went and I did cry, but it was fine. I got through it. I'm still here. Um, yeah, and so I've, I'm 28 now. So I've just been um, in and out of therapy for, well, yeah, 10 years now. Um, I'm in it right now. It definitely helps. Um, but yeah, just just like... I don't know. I'm, I'm not in the worst place I've ever been, but equally, I'm, I'm not in the best. I, I do get sad. I do get lonely. Occasionally, I still feel suicidal. But um, but yeah, I mean, I wake up every day and I, I feel okay. Thank you so much, Phil, for being so open. It's funny because I never, ever, ever used to talk to anyone about it. Like, not even like, I was the, I was the kind of person where if, if friends were like, how are you? I'd be like, yeah, fine, thank you. And that could be a complete yeah. lie. And like, I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell anyone. And now it's kind of like, I talk about it all over social media. I'm like, like you said, just an open book. I just, like, I have, you know, I have no fear in talking about it now, which is it's quite nice. Oh yeah, it's the first step home to tackle um, any form of mental health is, is actually being open about it and actually talking about certain things and that's to get people to listen in. and Just to understand you better as well and understand how to support you. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you have your own community? Like, do you have like other trans friends or like an online community or anything like that? So I'm actually on Facebook about four different <laughs> pages. Oh, well, like LGBTQ plus pages. Yeah, um, there's one for families 
um, which I've actually joined. So if they are actually struggling uh, with that certain things, then I can then step in and say, look, uh, have you thought about it doing this way or have you thought about this? And then the other three is actually all the support stuff for me. Do you find it helpful? I do actually. I do actually read through a lot of the posts on there, and it's like, look, just just keep your head up high and all that. You you push through, honestly. Um, you 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 would grow grow as a person. Well, I think that's good, though. I think I think community doesn't have to necessarily be face to face. So, like, I don't have any trans friends, like at all. So, any form of community I have is all online. So. So, yeah, I think that needs to be kind of, I think some people need to be reminded like there's no shame in that, you know? So I'm actually going to do like a two, two in one here uh, with this one. So what makes you the happiest and what are you hoping for for your future? Oh my God. Um... I know I know that there are two, two big questions there. <laughs> Happiness in life. Um, it's tough because, like, I really struggle with my mental health, so it's quite difficult for me to feel happy. But just, like, laughing, when I'm, like, really laughing, that makes me feel really good. Or if I'm, if I'm hanging out with my partner and we're having a really nice time, that makes me really happy. Um, my future, like I said, I work in a restaurant um and I want to get out of there so I am sort of writing an ebook at the moment about how to support trans people in the workplace and I would like it so that I could go into workplaces and work through the ebook with them and kind of give them specifics of how they could make their their business more inclusive to like trans staff and trans customers and things like that oh wow yeah and I do sort of like blogging and vlogging about gender related things so my future would be if you want to call it a career, then to have that kind of career and just be like happy, you know, with a partner and, and that's kind of it. I'm quite, I don't know, a bit simple. I'm not after like <laughs> or anything like that. I'm not even, it'd be nice to be happy, but like, I don't even necessarily need that. Just, I just want to be okay. I just don't want to be sad. That would, and yeah. less lonely. That would kind of be ideal. I think something that's really helpful is if someone tells you that they're trans and like says these are my pronouns and things like that it's not just about saying the pronouns because that's what the trans person wants to hear it's about actually trying to think of that person as the gender that they're telling you they are so yeah what I mean by that is there are people at, at work who I know think of me as female and I can just tell because of like certain terms of endearment that they use towards me and things like that. And they, they treat me like one of the girls. And it's it's very obvious that they only sort of say like they and them because they're obviously thinking, oh, that's what Phil wants to be called. I'll humour them. I'll say that. But they're obviously still a girl. But actually, if they made the conscious effort to think of me in a different light, and it, like, that can take a long time, don't get me wrong. Like I've known, I've vaguely known of, of trans people like on social media who who have come out and it's taken me maybe like a good year to actually see them as the person that they really are because I've known them a different way but I think if you whether it be looking at pictures of them 
of what they used to look like compared to now whether it be talking to them and being like hey how do you feel and can you tell me a bit more about you know your gender identity and whatever it may be I think just making a conscious effort to like with someone like me even if you even if you think I'm female just just like just almost like telling yourself like Phil is not a woman (laughs) and just like me as the person that I'm telling you I am. It is really amazing to, to actually speak to someone who who is wanting to change things actually for the better. Thanks. Okay, Ken, stay safe. Take care. Bye. Bye. We've set up a loneliness line to hear from people around the country and create conversations that connect. If you would like to get involved, please send us a message in confidence to 07593 220510 with your name and number, and we'll get back to you. And be the first to hear future episodes of the podcast. Just search for The Kind Place in your favourite podcast app and click subscribe. This project was funded by DCMS and produced by Paul Miles, Chris Walter and Pete Norton. Thanks for listening.